to Pit Crew on the Bayou. I'm Megan, and along with my dad, Kevin, we are a daughter and dad team diving deep into the sport of NASCAR. So strap in and get ready for a ride around the track with us, your Pit Crew. Welcome back, race fans, to episode 11 of our podcast. Today, we will be talking about the races at Texas Motor Speedway and Talladega Super Speedway. After that, we will be discussing this week's hot topic, the next-gen car and its issues. We will also be spotlighting a driver, Chase Elliott. Last but certainly not least, the point leaders will be updated. So, without further delay, let's get started. The first track was Texas Motor Speedway, which is located in Fort Worth, Texas. The first race was the Xfinity Series Andy's Frozen Custard 300 on Saturday, September 24th. Brandon Jones was on the pole. Daniel Hemrick won Stage 1 and A.J. Allmendinger won Stage 2. This was Hemrick's third stage win and Allmendinger's third stage win of the year. Noah Gregson won the race. This is his seventh win of the year and also his record-tying fourth straight win. He is now tied for the most consecutive wins with Sam Ard. The top five were Noah Gregson, Austin Hill, Ty Gibbs, A.J. Allmendinger, and Riley Herbst. There were nine cautions and 14 lead changes amongst seven drivers. Noah Gregson led the most laps, 85. Sam Ard set that record back in the early to mid-80s. Yeah, the 1980s, like 1985 or something. So it's been a long time since then. Been a while. Noah Gregson on a roll. Congratulations, Noah Gregson. Yep, congratulations to Noah Gregson. He gets a cowboy hat. Next race was the Cup Series Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500 on Sunday, September 25th. Brad Keselowski was on the pole. This was his first pole since 2019. Wow, that was a long time ago. Three years. Back in the days when COVID did not exist. Back when he was with Penske. That was so long ago. Anyways, Kyle Larson won Stage 1 and Ryan Blaney won Stage 2. This was Larson's fourth stage win of the year and Blaney's sixth stage win of the year. Tyler Reddick won the race. This is his third win of the year and, and is also the fourth race in a row without a playoff driver winning. Wow. So I guess the next-gen car is really making a difference this year. Yep, it is. In more ways than one. The top five were Tyler Reddick, Joey Logano, Justin Haley, Ryan Blaney, and Chase Briscoe. There were 16 cautions. That's a track record. And 36 lead changes among 19 drivers. Wow. Tyler Reddick led the most laps, 70. There was a 55-minute red flag on lap 221 for a rain shower that popped up. I know Michael McDowell would have liked that race to end because he was leading at the time. He was in the lead. It was like, please keep on raining. That's much be way said, law, sorry, no. Denied. Once again, rejected by Texas Motor Speedway which should be bulldozed and turned into a parking lot, but that's a different story. Anyways, congratulations to Tyler Reddick on his third win of the year. It's a shame he's not in the playoffs anymore, but oh well. He'll try again next year. Yep. Moving on to the next race. Next up was Talladega Super Speedway, which is located in Lincoln, Alabama. The first race was the Truck Series Chevy Silverado 250 on Saturday, October 1st. John Hunter Nemechek was on the pole. John Hunter Nemechek won Stage 1, and Chandler Smith won Stage 2. This was Nemechek's 7th stage win, and Smith's 6th stage win of the year. 
Matt DiBenedetto won the race on a caution. This is first race win in any series. Truck Xfinity Truck Cup. That's his first win. Yep. If the races would have stayed green, then Brent Holmes and Alabama native would have won the race since he crossed the line first, finish line first. Because of the caution being thrown 500 feet from the start finish line, though, Brett wound up finishing third. The caution was thrown because of a wreck behind the leaders. The top five were Matt Benedetto, Ben Rhodes, Brett Holmes, Ryan Priest, and Christian X. Christian X led the most laps with 25. There were nine cautions and 25 lead changes among 11 drivers. So, congratulations to Matt Benedetto for his first win. Yep. Next was the Xfinity Series Sparks 300 on Saturday, October 1st. Austin Hill was on the pole. This was his first career pole. Austin Hill won Stage 1 and Stage 2. These were his second and third stage wins of the year. A.J. Allmendinger won the race. This is his first race win on a super speedway. He has also now won at all of the different types of tracks in the Xfinity Series, which include super speedways, road courses, short tracks, and intermediate tracks. The top five were A.J. Allmendinger, Sam Mayer, Landon Castle, Ryan Sieg, and Josh Berry. Austin Hill led most laps with 60. There were three cautions and 20 lead changes among 12 drivers. This is the first super speedway race for the Xfinity Series in which every driver finished the race. Wow. That's incredible. It was a pretty calm race. Generally, you usually have one driver who either a wreck or the car breaking down uh, does not finish the race. So that is pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. I mean, even though Myatt Snyder like blew blew a tire on like the last lap, thankfully NASCAR did not throw the caution, so the race stayed green. Anthony Alfredo was like, "I'm so sorry, fans didn't get a better finish. NASCAR should have thrown that caution for Myatt Snyder." Blah blah blah. I guess he was just mad that NASCAR didn't throw the caution, and then he finished 16th and not in the top 10. Yeah, maybe he was aiming for a higher position. Maybe he's trying to get in the top 15. Oh, hmm. But basically, everyone on Twitter was like, Anthony, are you kooky? What What are you talking about, dude? It was a great race. You don't need chaos and cautions and people flipping over and getting angry at each other. And I don't even know what they do sometimes to have a great race. And eventually, he deleted his tweet. He was um, like, oh, I'm sorry. No. I, I misspoke. In the heat of the moment. And eventually he was like, why did I say that? Man, let me delete this before someone embarrasses me. Anyways, well, it was a good race. Congratulations to AJ Allmendinger. All the colleague drivers were going nuts. I think Matt Colling took his shirt off or something afterwards and threw it into the crowd. He was all excited. Yeah, they were all jacked up, being silly. Landon comes over and practically tackles AJ Allmendinger. Wonder he didn't knock him over. Here comes Daniel Hammer, comes hugs him too, and AJ's, Y'all had a group hug. AJ's throwing out curse words like crazy on national TV. He's like, dial it back a bit, AJ. There are kids watching here. But yeah, he was excited. he was just all excited. He has a lot of energy for a 40-year-old who says, I'm old, 24-7. I think all three colored drivers finished in the top ten. Yep. AJ finished first, Landon finished third, and Daniel Hemrick finished eighth. So good for all the colleague drivers, and especially Landon. He pushed AJ to a win, and AJ thanked him. He has to pay him back now. Maybe they'll have Shirley Temples together. Oh, I know Landon's family certainly will. 
On to the next race. Yep, on to the Cup Series race. The next race was the Cup Series Yellowwood 500. Chris Rebell was on the pole. Ryan Blaney won Stage 1 and Chase Elliott won Stage 2. This was Blaney's 7th stage win and Elliott's 6th stage win of the year. And you know, Dad, those stage finishes were pretty exciting. It was pretty close. I mean, Ryan Blaney at the last second made a move on Denny Hamlin to win the first stage. And at first, I thought he wasn't going to make it, but he just he barely did. did. He barreled through. And then Chase Elliott makes a spectacular move on the last lap on his teammate Kyle Larson to win stage two. And it was like, wow, pretty close. And it was some really, real exciting racing. Yep, without all the wrecking. Except Ricky Stenhouse Jr., of course. Yeah, he went for a little spin. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Spinhouse Jr., as they like to call him. That was his nickname for the race. Yep. Chase Elliott won the race. This was his fifth win of the year. Wow, that's a lot of wins. He's, he's leading. He's the leader this year. Yep. The top five were Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Michael McDowell, Ross Chastain, and Denny Hamlin. Ross Chastain and Eric El Marilla were tied for the most laps led. They both led 36 laps. Wow, that's a lot of laps. There were six cautions and 57 lead changes among 17 drivers. So, the 57 lead changes is the most lead changes in a race this year. That's a lot of lead, lead changes and a lot of drivers leading. Yep, and really, besides that rookie Spinhouse Jr. caution, really there wasn't any other wrecking. It was a pretty clean race. Yep, besides that, that was the one doofus moment. And he took out Harrison Burton. Ricky Stout Jr. is like, well, Harrison Burton shouldn't be going down there when his car is slower. And the announcers are like, huh? If he, I mean, if he, when, when he's making that move... You gotta push the guy. You gotta, you know, help him out. He's leading the chain. Come on, man, Ricky. Don't he, be such a spinny guy. He shoved him a little bit too hard. Yeah, well, that's Ricky Stash Jr., Mr. Aggression. So, congratulations to Chase Elliott for winning the race. Yep, congratulations to Chase Elliott on his fifth win of the year and his second Super Speedway win of the year because he won in Atlanta earlier this year. Oh, and he hasn't even won a road course yet. What's happening? Man, he's having all his success this year on intermediate and super speedways. Maybe we should change for him. Maybe we should start calling him the Oval King. Who knows? This season's been pretty crazy. Oh, and he was the first playoff driver to win in the entire playoffs. So good for him. Somebody finally broke through, and now he's locked into the next round. Yippee! Well, on to the next race. The Charlotte Roval. Ooh. What will happen there? Stay tuned to find out. The current playoff point leaders are for Truck, Chandler Smith, for Xfinity, Noah Gregson, and for Cup, Chase Elliott. Now it's time for our featured driver. Chase Elliott is an American stock car racer who currently drives the number 9 Chevrolet Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports in the Cup Series. He is the son of Bill Elliott, who was a very famous Cup Series racer who won the championship in 1988. Chase Elliott has won three Truck Series races, five Xfinity Series races, and 18 Cup Series races. He also won the Xfinity Series championship in 2014 and the Cup Series championship in 2020. He has been the most popular driver in the Cup Series since 2018, meaning that he has claimed this title for four straight years. 
He was also the most popular driver in the Xfinity Series twice, in both 2014 and 2015. He was the 2014 Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year when he was driving the number 9 for Junior Motorsports, and he was also the 2016 Cup Series Rookie of the Year. He also won the 2022 Roller Season Championship and is in the round of 8 in the 2022 playoffs as a number 1 seed. He also drove in the Truck Series for Hendrick Motorsports in 2013, and he won the Snowball Derby in 2011. Now it's time for this week's Hot Topic! The next-gen car, which is a new car for the NASCAR Cup Series, has had it rough lately. From the safety concerns to the part failures to the lackluster racing at certain tracks, there is a lot to talk about and change, especially concerning the rear impacts, which have already caused two drivers to miss multiple races due to concussions, Alex Bowen and Kirk Busch. Both were playoff contenders, and one, Kirk Busch, actually was forced to retire because of this incident, which is very unfortunate. Very so, I mean, unfortunate. it's not like he had, you know, like, started to decline or anything. He won a race this year. He was consistent, so that's definitely not a way to go out because of a practice crash. Kurt Busch had planned on racing next year, but he's been advised by doctors to stop racing. Yeah, he said that he doesn't feel like he's one of the best anymore compared to the other drivers in the sport. So that's the end of his career, unfortunately. And that's not the way that he wanted to go out. Yeah, so hopefully NASCAR can manage to fix this with the changes they're going to make before another driver is forced to retire because of this. Hopefully Alex Bowman is able to come back. Yes, I, I think he's planning to come back the uh, last race. Yeah, but, one, one last hurrah with his current crew chief who's retiring. And also there was that scary wreck with Cody Ware where everybody thought he had injured himself. Yeah, he got out the, he, as soon as he got out the car, he said, I need help. And they had him help him practically carry him off of the track to the uh you know to the uh care facility to the ambulance yeah but thankfully he was okay he said he only had some swelling and min minor ankle discomfort yeah he wound up having to wear a uh, walking boot and luckily uh when he hit the safer barrier it actually has has some give to it yeah that was good Many of the drivers have been avid about this issue, including Chase Elliott, who usually doesn't speak out about things like this. And he even said the next-gen car was a step backwards in safety from the Gen 6 car. He said he didn't understand why, with all the resources and the knowledge we have, we should be going backwards from the amount of safety that we had with the previous car. Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin have been adamant about this car in the uh safety issues that it's been having. Yeah, as well as the part failures. I mean, Kevin Harvick even came out with a shirt that said crappy parts <laughs> because of all of that. And Denny Hamill was like, I think we need a next-gen car 2.0. Just got to figure out who's going to pay for it, which I think is being just a little bit extreme. But he does have a good point there. He does. NASCAR has developed the car. NASCAR should pay to make any adjustments to the, to the car. Yep, and apparently they are going to pay for the adjustments that they're making for the, with the car, which is good, and they should do that. I mean, they want better racing amongst these teams. They want to make it cheaper for these teams to have the cars you know, stronger and to maybe endure more races. 
Yeah, so, but sometimes in the process of making it cheaper, you also make the car not as good because all the parts are standard. So, you know, the teams don't get to, like, make their own adjustments to the cars or anything. So they don't really know what's in that. They're just putting on the car, that's all. Yeah, they're just tightening it up, painting it. And, yeah. and they have gone to a single source supplier. Right. So it's like so when something goes wrong with the car, sometimes there's like, we don't know what happened. We just put the car together. So we'll see what NASCAR has to say about it. And if something happens to the part, they can't repair it. They have to wait for the supplier to send them up another yeah. part. Like what, Brad, cause what happened to Brad Kozlowski is he was trying to repair one part that he had on his car to you know make it last longer because it's pretty expensive to get new parts and that's why i was like well you can't do that you just modified a part and made your car better and i'm like i mean he, he's just trying to survive out there he, what what did what they hit him with a hundred a hundred point hundred point, point penalty and like a hundred thousand dollars fine fine yeah and that's that's a big step back you yeah, know as far as him you know it knocked him down what five eight eight spots yeah that wasn't very good and also, we've had we had a lot of blown tires at Texas, didn't we? How and, many did they have? 16, maybe? Yeah, they had 12, 16. It was a lot, and eight of those caused the drivers to either spin out or wreck. With the Tyler Reddick, he was just hoping just to make it to the end? Yeah, because he, he, said, he said he had a vibration, and he knew that he might blow a tire, too. Because I know Chase Elliott blew a tire while leading. Marjorie Jr. blew a tire while leading. I know Brian Blaney blew a tire early in the race. And it looked like his playoff hopes had just gone down the drain for a second there. Yeah. There were a lot of blown tires. And it wasn't good. And luckily, he was in a race to where all this happened. Ryan Blaney was yeah. able to make it to to the end. And even Brackett lost to have a blown tire while he was leading. And that's why I wanted to blame it on the team saying that they set the air pressures too high. But we know what, Eric Eastep had a really good point saying, I think that the practice sessions are too short, that they might have found that the air pressure was too high if they had, had longer runs. Then they would have been like, oh, you know, this guy blew a tire. Maybe we should put our air pressures down lower because I've heard that, like, on some tracks, these guys are only getting, like, seven laps in. I'm like... That's nothing. How do you know how good your car is if you only get seven laps in? Maybe they, they yeah. instead of having 30 minutes or an hour practice sessions, maybe they have right. an hour and a half or two hour practice sessions. Because I remember in 2021, like the Talladega race or one race, everybody was lining up to like practice and not everybody got to because people were waiting to get through inspection. And because they had such a short time limit for the practice, some people didn't even get to practice their car, so they didn't even know what their car was capable of. And and that's a good point, Megan. Since this is a new car, a Gen 7, you would think they would have longer practice time, yeah. like two hours. Even Eric Eastep was saying that that's just not a good thing. I think what happened is they want to televise the practice sessions and the qualifying sessions. So they want to make them shorter so that the fans will stick around to watch them and they won't stop watching. But... At the same time, having such a short practice session really hurts the drivers, especially a young driver like Todd Gilliland or maybe Ty Gibbs, who's coming into this car not really knowing anything about it because it's five gears, the tires are wired, the brakes are different, the whole car is different. I mean, someone was like, well, Ty, does this with the, you know, cup car, does this give you an advantage in Xfinity? And he's like, oh, 
not really. The car is so different. He's just like, it doesn't give me an advantage at all, honestly. It's such a different world to him. I mean, even sitting, even the position, the seat, and where the gauges are, it's different. Yeah, I mean, you have digital screen, digital camera, so he's really not gaining anything for the Xfinity race because of how different the car is. So, really, no. I mean, Noah Gregson is running for Alex Bowman right now in the next-gen car. He's had a few more races with that car, but, I mean, for these drivers, it's just such a different world for them that, especially the younger drivers, they really struggle a lot because they don't have as much experience. Especially if you weren't involved with the next-gen, you know, test sessions that they had. You just really don't know what the car is capable of. And Noah Gregson even said one time, I just hope I don't wreck because of what happened to Alex Bowman. So some of these drivers are terrified. They don't want to wreck because they saw what happened to Kirk Busch. They saw what almost happened to Cody Ware. They saw what could have happened to Kyle Larson if he would have hit the wall when Bubba Wallace wrecked him. They saw a lot of these things that happened and they're like, I really don't want that to happen to me. There was also a fire issue that cropped up at Darlington where both Kevin Harvick and JJ Yelly's cars caught on fire. NASCAR made a fix to the rocker panel, though, and that problem seems to have gone away. Kevin Harvick was very upset about this and went and complained on Twitter for like the 10 millionth time this year. Martin Truex also gave his car the uh, middle finger. Yeah, he did do that one race with his engine blew. He was not very happy with it because in that race where it happened where he and Kyle Busch blew engines together again, he was probably like, really? My engine blew up again? What's wrong with this car? That's the second race in a row he had an engine issue. Yeah, and then the other race, Kyle Busch and Bernard Jr. both blew engines again. Someone sabotaging their cars? In 2021, Toyota didn't have any engine problems at all. And this year, they've had, what, six, nine? Yeah, maybe they're doing something illegal to their engines. Hmm. Who knows with Toyota? Well, they're they're probably pushing the engines to the edge. Yeah, they're probably setting the RPMs too high. It's probably what it is in the engines. And then yeah. they're actually not getting to that those RPMs when they're actually on the track. So then the engine's getting stuck and then it blows up. Yeah, Ooh. I think I think uh, NASCAR made adjustments to the RPMs from 9800 to 98200. Yeah, so Toyota had to fix that problem. In one race, I believe Kyle Busch might have missed the gear. That was at Darlington. Missed a shift, yeah. Missed a shift. That's what someone suggested that he might have done that. But Kyle Busch neither denied nor confirmed this. That's the Kyle Busch way. Yep, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Leave me alone. And also, the actual racing itself hasn't been ideal, especially at short tracks. Oh my god, that Martinsville race was horrendous. Boring, man. <sighs> Wake I me up take... when it's over. I could have taken a snooze and not missed anything. Yeah, there were only like two leaders, William Byron and Chase Elliott. And the only reason why William Byron got the lead is because he got off a of pit road before Chase Elliott. And that's all. How you start is probably how you finished. Yeah, it was just like, wow, this Martinsville race is so boring. Then, I mean, meanwhile, the Xfinity race was so exciting, so the cup race was really a letdown. I mean, the... Xfinity race, we had everyone beating and banging, lots of cautions. Brandon Jones wins on old tires. Landon Castle's coming, rocketing through the field. Everyone's like, where'd he come from? You got Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer going at it, having words afterwards. I mean, had a brawl, who knows? Very exciting. That was exciting. If there was a truck race there that weekend, it was probably exciting too. Meanwhile, the cup race was just like. And they held it at night, which made the track 
not as, as cooler, and it was hard to pass. Yeah, I think so I what saying. happened is no rubber was being laid down. And Correct. they were saying that maybe the track temperature was a problem. Well, who knows? It probably might have been the same even if it was in the daytime. It was just very, very lackluster. I mean, even on road courses, the racing hasn't been that great. Especially the Indy Road Course. They really need to stop going to that track. That track was made for Indy cars. It was not made for NASCAR cars. I think their plans in 2023 is to go back to the Oval. Yeah, I think they're going to do one more race in 2023, and then they're going to go back to Oval in 2024. 2024. But Steve Phelps said it's not a question of when, if we go back to the Oval, it's when we go back to the Oval. Because, I mean, you had the curb problems in 2021. I mean, all the curbs were coming up. Mike McDowell. Breaking apart. Mike McDowell's going flying through the air. Kyle Larson. You flew through yeah. the air, too. And then they make the dumb decision to leave, like, the outer curb still there. I'm like, why are they doing that? And then, of course, they all run over that curb and destroy that one. And then Bill Wallace is like, I'm getting out of this mess. And NASCAR's like, you cannot do that. And I'm like, well, it's your fault for leaving the other curb in there. So, so finally, they mm. stopped and then got the other curb out. Yeah. And then after that, Chase Briscoe and Denny Hamill went at it, and then Major Almendinger won. But the curb problem was so big that I forgot all that even happened. At front point, I was like, who won that Indianapolis road course race? I can't even remember. Oh, was it Chase Elliott? Oh, yeah. That seems like the right choice. Wait, was AJ Almendinger? What? AJ. It's just like through. some races have so much controversy and chaos, like the <clears throat> all-star yes. race, that yeah. you just forget, like, who actually won or like if there was actually like a good finish or something you forget that that actually happened because there was so much bad officiating or the curves were coming up or everybody kept crashing or it was raining and NASCAR didn't throw the caution flag or there's other stuff that people are talking about instead of the actual racing and it just makes the NASCAR look bad the people are like oh geez NASCAR must be terrible but yeah anyways I mean, even some of the super speedways have seen more tame than normal, Dad. Do you think that's because the drivers are afraid that if they wreck, they might injure themselves? I think the drivers are still learning this uh, next-gen yeah. car and mommy not, not going all out. Yeah, I think that the the, Kyle, the Alex Bowman wreck might have been in the back of their minds in that Talladega race, because that was like the cleanest Talladega race I've ever seen. And even the Xfinity race was clean. I mean, Talladega... There wasn't really hardly any cautions at, at all yeah. during the cup race. The only one was the Ricky Stenhouse Jr. incident. Yeah, he went he went yeah. into the spin cycle. Yeah, he's the only one who's still spinning out. He's Ricky Stenhouse Jr., though. What do you expect from him? But, well, that was still a good race, even though it was pretty tame. But, I mean, some of these races just haven't been very good. And, like, you would expect them to be better. Like I said, like the short track races, they've been okay, but... They just haven't lived up to their short track hype. And I mean, that's why I plan on adding more short tracks. So if North Wilkesboro, for example, doesn't perform when it has an all-star race, what do you think it's going to do for the other short tracks that want to get back into NASCAR? Well, uh, NASCAR is planning to do more testing with the next-gen car. And, there's going to, and they're going to make adjustments to the front and back clips for the cars to make the crunch zones have a little bit more give, like the... Uh, uh, Gen 6. Yeah, it's something that I've seen recently today, actually, is that NASCAR is going to try to run races in the rain at short tracks next year. Although I'm not so sure how that's going to go. All in all, there are a lot of things that need to be fixed with this car, but you can probably chalk most of this up to the car being new.
episode for today our next episode we'll be talking about the races at the charlotte roval and las vegas motor speedway we will also have a new hot topic and an update on the point leaders until next time pit Pit crew crew out. out